Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2022. That means that we are officially in the calendar year for the new F1 2022 season. And one month away from winter testing. Yeah, we're still like, well, we're, it's uh, February 11th, I think it starts. Yeah, I just, it's nice just to know it's like, oh, next month there'll be Formula One cars driving around a circuit. So we're here today because we're going to talk about Lewis's uh, year and we'll talk about Valtteri's year. We'll drop that on Friday, I'm pretty sure, Thursday. We'll let you guys know. How do you feel? We've been about, it's been three weeks now without a race weekend. How does it feel? Yeah, I mean, you have the lull and it is, you know, I th- Sundays feel different. Yeah, I mean, even in season when you go a week break, it doesn't feel the same. But we still have to wait another seven, another basically eight weeks till official race. And I, it's kind of tough, I would say. It is. It's, it's weird. And I just love gearing up to the weekend when you know you've got free practice, quality. There's just uh, that anticipation or something to look forward to every week. So just quickly, we won't dive into it, but early prediction next year, wild take or unexpected take for you, any team. Early, just quick, right off the top? Off the top. Um, off the top, Carlos Sainz finishes third. And the driver's con- championship? Yeah. You said George was a lock. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's just off the top. Okay. I think uh, I've tweeted about it, but I think Ferrari will be number two next year. That's my take. Well, see, I, you said Ferrari, I just said Carl Sainz. It's kind yeah. of funny how we yeah. both had similar takes. I just have a feeling Ferrari's going to bounce back. But today's episode is about no one other than... Sir you Lewis. can call him the GOAT. I won't call him the GOAT. I, I'm not going to call him the GOAT yet. He's got to get number eight. Um, th- this is not... This episode is not a debate on who's a GOAT. The GOAT is Michael no, no, Schumacher. No, no. Listen, that's debatable. But I'm saying some may call him the GOAT. You may call him the GOAT. I don't. I'm going to wait till number eight. You can wait till number eight. That's what I'll wait for too. But we will talk about Mr. Sue. Sorry. We will talk about Mr. Sir Lewis Hamilton, the greatest racer of the new era. I like that. He is the greatest racer of the new era. Um, he had a great year. I mean, all considering, things considering, like, it, it was a very interesting year for Lewis. So I'll let you start off. What are your yeah. initial thoughts? Before you, just, you had a chance to dive, what were your first thoughts? My initial first thoughts were obviously disbelief, sad. Disillusioned. Uh, disillusioned, upset. But, I mean, that's to be expected. So more of not like what happened in um, Abu Dhabi. What was your initial thoughts of the overall season? Like what was your... Before you... Before you I dived back, in? Yeah. Um... It's hard because I dived in quite a lot, but um, before I really dived in, Lewis had flashes of being the greatest wheel-to-wheel racer of all time. Yes, there were there were before I really dived in, just moments. I mean, obviously Brazil was special. Yeah, Interlagos, and we'll talk about that a lot. That was a very special moment. Um, I had the kind of the same feelings or thoughts towards Lewis. Like he had some really brilliant moments where you saw why he's considered even in the GOAT conversation. But there was moments where it's like, okay, Lewis, why aren't you turning it up like this all the time? So I first want to start with, tell me about Bahrain. So you're watching Bahrain, first race of the season. Did you think it was like, okay, we won. It's going to be another dominant year where you're like, did you, at that point, if you can remember, it was like Red Bull is going to be a challenge this year. Well, the thing with Bahrain is, although Lewis won, Max came out, just like Max got a, was ahead of um, was ahead of Lewis in that race. He was, and, and he started on pole. It was, it was all pit stops and, and strategies. So 
you know, when I think back as a kind of fan who wasn't really paying too much attention to anything You're else. You're just enjoying the sport. And like, Lewis it. won, but when you watch it back, Max was better. He was better in that race. I think uh, Mercedes was just a better team in terms of strategy that day. I think that's really what it came down to. Um, they had the early pit. He went long. Um, and you know what? He he went... Max had two great starts at the beginning, so... But this is a Lewis episode, so we can run we can run through his year quickly. The Imola GP was terrible for him. Yeah, I mean Spun he fought out. back to second. Lucky was, for the safety car though, that was very, that was a yeah, big, big like, part for it. I think if if I look at his year, the start of the year actually wasn't too bad if you just look at finishes and points. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Spanish Grand Prix is when things kind of started to go Max's side because we went to Monaco and and Lewis's Monaco race was awful he struggled in quality he couldn't find get you know he couldn't get heat to the tires in the race and it was just a i you know baku will get there but i really think monaco is another example of what happened like you lost it so in a nutshell like even before we get to monaco did you think that lewis was if you had to give him a, a first half grade a season grading what would you give him it was like a, so up until Monaco? No, no, first, just the f- first half of the season. Oh, first half of the season? Yeah. If I was to give him a rating, it was probably a C. Is it a C based on performance or what you expect from Lewis Hamilton? Because that's the hard, co- that's a tough conversation. It, it was a rating based on the fact that he looked bored. So I, if you're, if the, to me, I agree with you. There's two different gradings. If I'm talking about from pure racing aspect, B+. He did his job, did it well. He did it, he didn't excel. Now I'm talking from what I expect from Lewis Hamilton. It was definitely a CC minus because you just feel like the whole season he didn't turn it up. But we've said before, maybe Lewis can't turn it up for the whole season. He needs to have his lulls because that's what keeps him so locked in. So I, I generally think that when you look back on it, his first half of the year was very, very underwhelming for Lewis. Yeah. I mean, when we say first half, we're, we're talking up until Silverstone. I'm talking about his, the first half of his whole year. Like, Silverstone, he won, but, like... when? But uh, summer break was Silverstone. After summer, Silverstone, no, we had summer break. break was after Hungary. Hungary. Oh, after Hungary. Yeah, under, after Hungary. Yeah, so that's... When you look at the first half, it really was a mixed bag. It was a poor performance based on, expe- on what you expect from Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, and really... He looked bored. He Silverstone look bored, was yeah. the only race where you saw, obviously, we, we all know what happened at Silverstone, but aside from Silverstone, it was a very bored first half for Lewis. And it almost felt as if, like, Lewis really didn't care. He wasn't worried. He was like, yeah, I'll be fine. That's how I felt, too. But you were calling it. You were saying, you're like, I don't know, man. This guy's supposed to be the GOAT. He looks washed. He did. He just didn't care. So I think when I use washed a little strong term, he looked very, like, he was on cruise control. That Like, it feels like he was just, he was going through the motions. That's how I felt. Like He hadn't been challenged since 2016. Yeah. So it, it, it was a very interesting time. I mean, he was challenged in 2018. Vettel gave him a run for his money. But he wasn't. He hasn't been like challenging his own team, and I think that complacency breeds. I don't care who you are; it's very tough for you to stay very dominant for so long and still have to be challenged. Um, any highlights from the first half of the season that that you really are like? 
that was a great first half. I mean, we know about Brazil. I would say Brazil's a highlight of the year, which we'll talk about. But do yeah, you have Brazil's any later. I mean, if we're talking first half. Was it his Silverstone? It's got to be Silverstone. I mean, he wins at home, and he wins in a very controversial fashion. Um, and you know, you got to remember, he had to come back later in that race and still beat. Was it Leclerc? Yeah, but like, he overtook Leclerc like right at the yeah, end. Yeah, but of, Ferraris don't have the same engine. Like they just their cars weren't up to date. It was, it was on lap fifty, but I, yeah. but I'm just saying their engines just aren't up to date with like Mercedes. I don't. If you're overtaking a Mercedes or a Ferrari, I'm not really giving you the highlight. I, I actually don't feel like anything was memorable. That's why I'm asking you. I don't feel like the first half of the season was really like anything that memorable. But I mean, you let me know if there's really a memorable moment. There's not because everything else. I mean. I'm thinking of France. Lewis loses it on the last lap because Valtteri didn't really do anything to hold up Max. And you you look at even the the Portuguese win or the Bahrain win, and it w- they weren't special. They, they wasn't, it wasn't like the Lewis dominance that we were used to seeing. And the one thing is we had signature wins in the back half of the season, which really said, okay, Lewis is, that's yeah. why Lewis is Lewis. When he beat Max, Purely as a racer. And I feel like that didn't happen the first half of the season. It didn't. And obviously, you know, we're talking first half right now. There was no real dominance. And then we saw the huge mistake at Baku. So, yeah, I was just going to get into that. Don't, so, run me back to when you actually were watching Baku. Max's tire blows. I'm pretty much jumping for joy. Because this is like closing. This is like putting Lewis ahead by quite a bit. I think... I think Lewis was behind by maybe three points. Lewis lost track position because of a a bad pit. Yeah. But I think he was only behind by like three points in the driver's championship or something like that. Like something small. And this would have put him ahead quite well. So when that happens, you're jumping for joy in terms of Max Verstappen going 10 G's into the wall because of his tire. Tire blows. Like, what the hell, Pirelli? And, you know, it's kind of... you. Lewis had the bad pit stop. He lost the track position. So, like, this is perfect. You get a gift from the racing I, gods. I, got a, I get a gift from the racing gods. And, obviously, we get to that restart. And it's like, of course, you're a racer. You want to compete. You want to win. But he had no business. I mean, when you watch it back before it went lights out, his brakes were on fire. The most iconic scene, I think, from Baku was not Max going to the wall. Is the restart on the red flag, and you just see Lewis's car smoking. There's just fire coming out the tires, and you're like, okay, like this doesn't look normal, but obviously, it, and obviously, it works because look at the start; it's incredible. He pretty much, it's like launch mode. He got some great temperature into his tires. That's launch what. mode off the start, but then he locked up, couldn't break. He could not break. Yeah. I just remember the smoke rising, and it literally looks like Lewis is smoking. This whole car smoking. And, he, and up. that's what I'm saying. You got to think about this. Before Baku, we were in Monaco. Monaco, Lewis finishes eighth. Baku, the the brakes. Right after Baku, we go to France. He's one lap away from a win. Those three, that sequence in the first half, Monaco, Baku, French. It's like. That How do you expect me. to win? It feels like it cost him the season. It cost him so I much. I feel like Monaco, bad race. It usually doesn't happen to Lewis, but you know what? You some Bad races happen. It's human. Baku, big mistake. So, so this, is, this is why you have to pay more attention to it because 
not only was Monaco, Baku, and the French GP just bad for him. And then we walk into Ring and Austrian GP. So it's like one, two, three, five races in a row. Lewis doesn't have a first place. Well, that's why Max took like a 33-point lead. Because he. I think Lewis was up by one race win, right? He was up by seven or eight points heading into Monaco. And then he was just down by 33 points. So five races, you have like a 40-point swing. A forty-one point swing, massive. which is massive, right? Massive. Because and when, it had Max not had the tire issue in, in Baku, it would have been like a sixty-point swing. There's maybe no comeback. Yeah, I mean, no, it would have been a fifty-point swing because Lewis would have probably stayed in second. Mm-hmm. No, he was in third, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in third because Perez was in second in Baku. Yeah, that's right. So he would have been. There would have been a ten-point gap. So there would have been a forty. It would have been like a forty-three-point gap. It, it would have been significant, and that's why I think when I look at the first half, that well, the five-race stretch, but really Lewis's behavior in the in the Monaco, Baku, French were like. So obviously, that's a tough stretch. Those five races, we we don't need to talk about the Red Bull ring because that's just Red Bull dominated. Lewis just looked like he was a step slower. We'll talk about Silverstone. I know I said it wasn't impressive in terms of technical as- aspect, but in terms of, and I know we had this con- a long conversation. Mentally, though, I think Lewis is on a different level. His ability to fight through, like, when we talk about Silverstone, yeah, I don't find it impressive that you pass Lionel Norris and you pass Charles Leclerc when your car's in a different yeah, yeah, stratosphere. For sure. But for you to stay mentally in it... Comes into Silverstone after five really bad... And I mean, at this point, I think this is when Lewis is... Probably starting to figure out, like, damn, like, I can't just chill. I need to lock in. And we have the sprint race in Silverstone. It, it's There's a lot around this weekend. And you go to now race day on Sunday, lights out. It wasn't the turn one, turn two. I mean, we got close to half a lap of wheel-by-wheel, like, side-by-side racing. Yeah. Right into But let's Cobb. first talk about how he didn't get onto the... Uh, finished first in the sprint because of his terrible start. Like, it just shows you that Lewis, I don't know, I don't want to say he's he wasn't locked in because we we're not mentally there in his head, but it felt like he was on cruise control for the first half of the year. Like, it really does. Because we saw towards the end of the year how fast his starts were. When he was locked in, he, he, was un- he won pretty much every start. He... We're obviously going to get to the second half, but there was... If you just compare the first half and second half of the season, they're so different. Yeah. So, Silverstone, I mean, all in all, I, I, I don't find Silverstone that memorable, but it still was a pretty good race. It was so memorable aspect. because of lap one and the fact that you could hear the oohs and ahs in, in, uh, live uh, as the race was happening. Maggots and Beckets? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, Cobbs <laughs> is where the crash happened. Uh, is it Maggots and Beckets? I don't even know the names, but, you know, that is a track where he's named at the Hamilton Street. And I think he has eight wins there, so it's, it's tied for the most wins ever. I hope you... Gets number nine at one of the tracks next year. Um, so let's talk about Hungary. Oh, my God. That, that was a good one. I mean, Lewis listen. and Valtteri front row starting the race on Inters. No, no. Well, Valtteri wasn't front row. Lewis and Valtteri front row. Wet. On, wet. They're both on Inters. Lewis gets away. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Potash I'm about- crashed into both Red Bulls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's Hungary. Th- why did Lewis end up in... Uh, Oh, yeah, because it was a, the restart. That's the right. Restart the restart Hungary and yeah, Lewis yeah. stayed out. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's he right. should have had Hungary. I forgot. Down. You know what? I, I, I thought the race started at the thing. I completely forgot about the whole mess up. Bottas did one good thing all year. He took out both Red Bulls. Okay, I want to say he did one him. good thing. I mean, he did win a GP race, but. 
Yeah, that there's so much to unpack there. A, Lewis was dead tired on the podium. Oh my god! He got a free gift because Seb's fuel was not. Yeah, Lewis gets third. Yep. Um, and let's just be honest. The 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 judgment call was on him. Right? It's not on Mercedes because communication. The fact cut off. that he stayed out. I just remember sitting watching this race. Everyone's in the pit, and I know He's you know you remember hearing this first. At this rate, everybody's gonna go on slicks from George Russell. Yeah. Like George Russell literally hit everybody oh with that. Oh my god. And how weird is it to see one car on the grid for lights out? It was so awkward. I I don't think anybody's ever saw seen that happen. And you you're like, oh my god, we just came out of freaking Silverstone. Max and now just this got is Max's bodywork is so damaged. Like this, yeah. this should be a free big gap. But obviously, that's what happened, where happened. the racing gods again somehow looked out for now Red Bull because. It should have been That's not racing Lewis. gods. That wasn't a gift act of God that Lewis decided not to Well, <laughs> it was just the fact that both rebels had damage. No, the, yeah, but I'm saying that's that the racing gods gave Lewis a gift. I thought you said they gave Red Bull a gift. I'm like, no, they gave Lewis a gift. And then he screwed it up. Yeah. So let's talk about the defense. Mr. Alonzo. When I rewatched that, the Nico Alonso Rosberg battle. said like three laps earlier, he's like, this is how I would set it up. And that's exactly what Lewis already passed him. If Alonso didn't hold him up for as long as he did, he would have won that race. Probably wins that race. And then that that for him is a what a seven point gap. Well, Max finished tenth, right? No, seven point gap in the in the yeah. constructors because he goes from twenty five points from eighteen. And you know what that is? That's his championship there too. But, yeah, but there's just so many things when you start to unpack it where it's like. So, so let's oh. relive that. Obviously, Alonso. He is a, a GOAT in his own right. Not the greatest of all time, but he has his GOAT status. He's, he, a, he's a world champion. He's a world champion. More than once. And he, he did it in a Renault, which is not one of the most dominant cars. Like, you have to pay your dues to Alonso. When you look back at that defense, because I know we've looked back at it, is it a more Alonso you're giving him flowers, or are you saying Lewis made more of a mistake? What do you think it is? No, I, I think Alonso deserves the flowers. He did a... Look at how easy Lewis and Max would pass others. Alonzo, gotta give him, gotta give him the love he deserves, man. So my only thing with it is like, if you watch how Lewis tried to keep setting him up in the same way, it never worked. And as soon as Nico says set him up in this way, it worked. So I was like, why did you try the same thing for what, like six laps? So I kind of I give it to both. I give Alonzo's flowers, but I also think it's a big mistake on Lewis's part. Like. You got to find a way. Like, if you want to be the world champ, like, Max Verstappen would have found a way, I feel like. Yeah. But, but at the same time, Max Verstappen would have risked it all. He did, like, he's just that, that guy that will push it to yeah, the Yeah, and edge. there was a lot of times where Lewis and Alonso were side by side, and Lewis had to back out. Yeah. But I don't think Alonso wants to hit him. T- like, if it's Max Verstappen, you might pull out if he's ahead Maybe of Maybe Max crashes because he doesn't pull out, and Alonso just keeps going. You know, like. But do you think Alonso pulls out like that? Alpine's at fifth. No. You know, you know what I mean? No, I don't think so. Exactly, right? Like, they're getting a lot of points, right? And those those mean a lot. So, I, I think I think it's Hungary just... Hungary was another big race, man. So much happened. And, I, again, we're, we're now for not even at the halfway mark. Hungary's the last race before the halfway mark. And it was just like, 
so much. Yeah, so much. There's that so is much crazy. But I mean, the back half of the season was really strong for Lewis. Like most of it. Like you, I, I'm not going to criticize him a lot on the on the back half because I feel like he did a pretty good job. Except for the first race back at Spa, which was a complete disaster. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about that quickly, but. We got a first go over when he was dead tired on the podium. What what did you think was going on? Like, obviously, we didn't know about the whole... We knew he had COVID, but we didn't understand that was because of his COVID condition at the time. Well, I mean, it's COVID from, like, last season. But you know how people are saying it's yeah, still... It it's, still stays with it you. It still stays with you. Yeah, I mean, you you just kind of were worried. You're looking at him, you're like, man, this guy looks like he's going to pass out on the podium. Yeah, Lonzo had to, like, help him up on the on the final picture, It right? just goes, you know, I've, I've heard some... You know, you, as you become more you know, involved with the sport, feel like, oh, well, you know, I drive every day to work. Like, I'm not tired. It's like, come on, man. You yeah, yeah, let's like, just drive at... This, you're driving with extreme gravity, downforce. Just I drive mean, with 10 Gs going to your left and right and for two hours People straight. don't realize that most... The average person wouldn't probably be able to make a medium turn. Can, let me put this in the air. People get tired when they do a two-hour trip. Yeah. At, at 100 kilometers an hour on a straight, on a highway. Come on, man. <laughs> like, that's the thing. The drivers are losing, uh, you know, a ton of water weight every single race. Yeah, it's just phys- the physical demand, I think, a lot of times gets looked over in F1 drivers. I agree. Um, big note, too, just because I don't want to forget about this, but we also have to take into account how much points Lewis lost from sprints. Oh, my God. So he, he, not, lo- it, he lost. The sprints did not work he, well for him. He lost one sprint point at Silverstone, right? So we'll just keep that track, which would have put him up one point ahead in um, Abu Dhabi, right? So he could have been more aggressive because it's like, yeah. if you hit me, it's 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 exactly. game over for you. Um, and then Belgium, bro, he lost two points. Yeah, the more and more that we talk about this year and we unpack it, aside from the the crazy mistakes. Um, and the lack of focus for the first half of the season. One sprint race win, and he can maybe be aggressive and crash into Max, and he wins a championship. Yeah, I also look at it, too, as well as, I mean, the sprint race has really benefited Max this year. Remember, Lewis didn't get any points in Brazil. In Monza, he got, I think he got one point. Well, he didn't win a single sprint. Yeah, Valtteri won Monza, Max number two. I think, I think Valtteri won two sprints. That right there is already five points. Mm-hmm. And it's really just had he won one, I think. It's not even, yeah. I mean, even it, seven points was spa and five and the three sprints. Think about that. Yeah. So Max, like this year felt like all the stars aligned for Max as well in ways. Not as much as Lewis, but it felt like a lot of stars lined of up for Max Of course they aligned well. for Max. He had to have a near perfect year. From a performance standpoint, and he needed Lewis to be like everything did align, man. I mean, every world championship, every sport, the things have to align for you. Mm-hmm. So we can move on to, I guess, Spa was literally it was a rain fest. It yeah, was, and Lewis was pissed off about Spa. It, he was pissed off about Spa. I, and this I, is where now Lewis's kind of demeanor because of Spa, you're like, hey, this is a we're seeing a different Lewis now. Yeah, I, I don't feel like we saw that Lewis Del Monza because Zanvoort was just like Max and I'm out. Yo, yeah. We so yeah, yeah, it was interesting. The the Dutch GP They both had a beautiful qualifying though. Lewis had a beautiful qualifying lap. Max just outperformed a little bit. Like I remember that qualifying. 
I have notes on it. Like, it was a beautiful qualifying uh, Q3 for yeah. both of them. And so, uh, yeah, there's not much to talk about Max's home race. It, we, we did talk about it with Max. It was amazing from a festival standpoint, from a crowd standpoint. Everything mean, was great. Lewis literally had to stop, I think, on the second last lap to get the extra points. You mean turn up to the max? Turn up to the max, bro. <laughs> Super max. <laughs> like, like, like Crofty I said. I heard it all, man. We heard it all. Fireworks <laughs> lighting up, like, DJ Tiesel just going bucket in Zanvor. Yeah, it was Tomorrowland. <laughs> it was insane. So let's talk about the infamous Monza. That was an interesting. That I feel like that's when there was no love lost between Max you know, and Lewis anymore. That race. There's so a front row Merc lockout, by the way. No, no, no. Max started on pole. That's because of the sprint. Yeah. So, but it, I'm talking about on the sprint. That's still front row lockout. Yeah, we. I don't want to talk too much about the sprint because it just makes me more upset. But the you know Monza starts and. No, I'm but, just, but I have to give this to you before you say that. Valtteri had a 4.25, 0 to 200. I think Max had a 4.7, uh, and Lewis had a 5.2. Yeah, he was I, a full second behind Valtteri. And I, I didn't get into the debrief <laughs> to find out why, but yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it was bad. So but yeah, continue on. So anyways, we get to Light South Sunday, and how amazing is it that Danny Rick has this tremendous start, and you're like, oh my God, thank goodness. Yeah. Because... That really changed. You know, if Max gets off well, maybe nothing else happens in that race. Well, I, I, I don't know because I, I agree with you to a certain degree, but if you remember the start of the race, they Lewis went, overtook Lando. And then him that? and Max were side by and side. And then Max pushed him off the track. And it's, you know, a lot of times th- this, uh, that actual, I think it was turn three, people forget about this because so much other things happened. Uh, obviously, we'll get to the crash later and everything else in the season, but... Yo, Max pushed him off a, uh, yeah, and on then, that So on my that second curve. point is it put him behind Lando. And Lando, like the McLaren had pace, right? It did. Like, and he struggled fast. for a bit to get past. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, let's say Max got out to the front and then it was Danny Rick and, and Lewis. I think Danny Rick probably lets Lewis pass because I don't think McLaren would have been like, we're, we're racing these guys. Let them race out. You and know Max what I mean? and Lewis did touch. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it's a little different just because... You know what McLaren always says, run your race. We're not racing Mercedes or Red Bull. Yeah. When they're in one three, that's a different story. It's like, okay, we're racing for the win. But if you're exactly. in second and Lewis is chasing you, they might be like, okay, cool. Well, let him pass. And then um So check this out. Here's a sequence of events. So obviously we've got um Danny Rick in first. We got Max in second, Lando in third. You can just, just jump straight so, to the max hold on, 11 hold on. second pit stop. Max pits, yeah, Max pits at 24. It's an 11-second stop. Again, we go back to Baku when the tire exploded. Now I've got an 11-second stop. I'm jumping for joy. Hey, but wait on for our viewers that don't that aren't following religiously. This happened because they put more human input. Yeah, this that is weekend. when everything changed at this the part. Pit, of the you season. have to you have to press the human has to press the green light or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So so Max has 11-second slow stop. It's on lap 24. In between Max's slow stop. Lewis overtakes Lando, gets ahead of him, and then pits at lap 26. Yep. So in a span of, you know, call it a, really a lap and a half, Max has a bad pit. Lewis gets into um, ahead of Lando. And then Lewis has a 4.6 pit, second Has a pit. great pit um, in... In, in no, he had a slow pit too. Yeah, but in comparison to Max because of the... Yeah, humor, but like, it, it was a great got pit. Him out the, it was a 4.6, I think. It was two seconds... Slower. If they got him all two seconds ahead, we would we'd be talking about Lewis winning yeah, Monza. He wins Monza, and then obviously Lewis comes ahead, comes out of the pit, 
ahead of Max, and, Max and we go into turn shit. one, and essentially Max climbs on top of Lewis's car. Yeah, and just quickly, before we even dive into that whole situation, I just remember Lewis trying to reverse his car. No, Lewis out. was like, no, I'm still trying to go. Like, yeah. he Because he knew how important it was. And honestly, like, this had been building up. You go back to the first race in Bahrain, and the way that Max kind of attacked Lewis, even though Lewis won, if you start to now unpack everything, Max came with this aggression this year that... The stars aligned. He knew he had to push Lewis, Ma- and he did. He pushed Lewis to the brink, touching wheels, Silverstone. Max just felt like you, you. Max was like, gonna "I'm lose. either going to lose or I'm going to go out trying." Guns blazing. I'm either going to win or I'm going to go guns blazing. Because That's how, what's the point? Was. I'm going to keep doing the same stuff, losing or Lewis. I may as well. And the amount of times they made contact, crazy. Yeah, they made a contact quite a bit. Um, but yeah, when I was watching that sequence, I'm like, oh, they're definitely getting an accident. And then, boom, you see Max Dude, on top that, of his car. For a place that's called the Temple of Speed, that turn is like... Just, well, that's the only thing that slows them down. It's just brutal. You have to try an F on 20. space. You have to try an F on 2021. That is the fastest track. Like, when you're racing on it, it's just like, it's like, go, 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 go. And it's that one slow. But that, I feel like they should... I don't know if they should change it, but that turn feels like it's just like disgusting. I mean, it's also, you just look at that race right out of uh, lights out. Like the chance of collision happening there is very high. The it's ramps are very a, high too. That's the thing. The little curbs are ramps, whatever yeah. you call them. They're high. And obviously, you know, this is this is now where Toto is like, hey, you're starting to really wake up the line because not only did, was it a DNF, but... You know, Lewis played into the whole point like he had a sore neck. Yeah. And then Max was like, oh, sore neck. Well, sore neck, but you can fly to New York for the Met Gala. Yeah, I'm sorry, Max. <laughs> I didn't know a sore neck couldn't constitute I can't live my life, bro. So he flies to New York for the Met Gala right after that. All, again, people were quick to criticize. Decent break. I think there was a, a two-week break, three-week break, because mm-hmm. then we but, went to Russia. You know, he um, he went. He had um, he gave Angela a lot of uh, credit, saying that she worked around the clock to get his neck right, um, and then of course he comes back. Yeah, I want to I want to see Max sit in a roller cage and let an F one car roll over his head and see how his neck feels. Yeah, that'd be very interesting to see. But you know, the the I think this is now where finally he gets the monkey or the the elephant that's in the room or the monkey that's on his shoulder, whatever analogy you want to use. He comes back and gets number 100. He does. But but before before we get into Sochi quickly, when is the turning point do you think Lewis finally got his elbows out? When would you say it? Was it Silverstone or was it more like, I was think, it Monza? I think um, after Monza, Lewis was like, hey, this guy's going to do whatever it takes to push me to limit. And that's when he flipped the switch. And obviously it, it took a little bit, but I think that was the turning point. It wasn't Silverstone. But Silverstone, he did get his elbows out, though. He got it. <laughs> but it was a very subtle... You got to think. You watch Silverstone. It wasn't... There was... It's that, that part of the track is very wide. You look at all the times Max has pushed Lewis. It's on a turn that where Lewis is pretty much off on the curves. Like, Silverstone, Lewis did it in the way that a he driver did it of subtle, Lewis's No, he did it, did it subtly, subtly, but he still could have hit the apex. We all know he could have hit the apex. Yeah. 
So he had like a, I want to say like a, a tire to two wi- to two tires or like a tire and a half of space to the apex. It, I, th- I just think that Monza's where Lewis finally was like, I, I had enough of it. Okay, I'm done. So walk me through the hundredth victory. I mean, that was a big day for you. That's when you were able to wear your Mercedes gear, right? Yeah, like Lewis gets number one hundred. Obviously, um, it comes at the maturity of Lando's. You know, this is what happens when you're a young <laughs> you driver. Remember? He's like, shut up, guys. I got this. And, you know, the thing is, when you're a young driver, you are going to let the emotions get the most of you. And when Lando's Lewis's aged, he's not going to let And that's not a mistake. Happen. Lewis was also questioning the pit as well. But at the end of the day, his team told him he So my thing is, though, Lewis's team saved him from multiple mistakes this year, too. But it's also the other way. Lewis has also saved his team. Like, I think that's why... And Lewis will be the first one it's a always team to say it's a team because there are lots of times where one or the other is making the mistake. So give me like a, the biggest mistake that Mercedes made for Lewis this year that comes top of mind. If, I if mean, you obviously, two-stop strategy in France right at the start. Yeah. You know. But 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 that, that's one. Here's my thing with that one. I'll tell you that. He was facing two Red Bulls. So it's like, it's hard because he has to face, you know, anytime you face two cars, your tires get worn out more. So sure, maybe France, but was it that big of a mistake? No. What else? What else? Like, do you remember anything else? Because I don't feel like Mercedes made that many mistakes. Well, I feel like Lewis made a lot about, more mistakes. Think about how many times Mercedes, which had left him to go, to go long because, you know, Red Bull strategy had worked and then it put them in the position of, do we... Do we give up track position or go long? How much do you attribute that to Valtteri not being able to fight Max? I mean, you you have to give. So it's like, I don't know if Mercedes made that many mistakes. Or it's just more on Valtteri's part. Yeah, I, I think it's more Valtteri's part. And I feel like Lewis, Lewis had a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. That's my opinion of this yeah. year. I, that's how I feel. But yeah, walk me through Sochi. Well, it's obviously fantastic because he changes gets the uh, the inners on and he gets number 100 and number 100 there was just a lot on on Lewis's side of things there was just a lot of press around Lewis getting number 100 the first driver in the sports history to do it mm-hmm. once he got that knocked off there was a level of okay I don't have to answer questions about it anymore I can just focus on racing now mm-hmm. so I, for me Sochi was about finally getting, getting the, the 100 check off the list. Getting your monkey off the back. Um, Lewis dropped a little bit at the beginning of the race. That's some of my notes. And I got to ask you this. And we're going to have the conversation because I know you remember this race very well. Does Lewis catch Lando if there's no rain? No. I don't think so either. No. I really don't. There is, bro, it was Lando's race. That was the racing gods helping Lewis. I also think that when I look back on it, that Lando... Like, I think I said when we came on the pod that Lando would have, Lewis would have caught Lando, but I don't think that would have happened. Lando was looked like he was very comfortable. I feel really bad because, you know, getting your first Grand Prix win as a 22, 23-year-old is probably such a big milestone, but it's just, it didn't happen for you. It really yeah. didn't. And it, it'll happen in due time. And hey, it, it may it not. Is. I think it will. I hope it does because I'm a McLaren fan, but I'm saying... It may not. Like, you know what they say, yeah, bro. I know, I know. Because think about, like, Nico Hulkenberg. Well, how long did it take Sergio? It took Sergio, what, seven years? A long time. A long time, I think, right? Uh, uh, Remember, listen. McLaren can come up with a disaster of a car next year. 
could be. I doubt it though, because you know they're working with Mercedes in terms of engine, and then they have they had a low. I think Lando gets his first race victory next year. I hope so too. Okay, let's talk Turkey. So Lewis obviously takes the penalty, starts tenth. Uh, uh, we talked about this quickly multiple this is the race times. Race Bottas wins, but we talked about this multiple times. Um, it seems constant that Lewis always took small penalties. He never wanted to take a massive grid penalty. He never took a twenty number twenty. He never went to the back of the grid. It was always ten or five. Um, any highlights from that race? No, I mean Bottas got off really well. He started on pole, and he it was like Bottas was on pole. He started the race well. He got off well. He finished the race. I and mean, Lewis, it was it was a very Lewis finished at what fifth. Lewis struggled to make his way up. Yeah, which, got which to was, fifth, and Max finished second, and it is... We like, talked about um, on Sergio's uh, pod last week that he had a brilliant defense on Lewis, mm-hmm. which held him up a little bit. So, Turkey was very uneventful for Lewis, I would say. Yeah, let, let's go to Austin. So, I literally titled Austin because this was the this was the track that Lewis was supposed to be, you know, great. He always wins at Austin. But this year... You, you it can, was the track of the undercut. Let, let, let me let me chime in on that just quickly. When you look at Austin, it was all those mistakes. Cool, they were all correctable until Austin. He when he lost Austin. If he won Austin, the whole the whole landscape of the championship changes. Because that's when he literally had to win every single race. Because it was very well thought, like advertised that he'd lose Mexico. Like, everybody was like, Mexico's yeah. so Red Bull dominant. Yeah. He has to take Cota, and Max will take Mexico, and then it'll be game on. Yeah. But he lost Cota, which is supposed to be Mercedes' favorite but circuit. He, although he lost... He Red had a great Bull, race, though. Red he had Bull a great race. played the undercut perfectly. He did. And Lewis just ran out of time. And not only did he have a great race, but Cota, from an atmospheric standpoint, was just electric. Cota was electric. I had to get my goggles out because Valtteri Bottas was nowhere to be found yet again. (laughs) He was fighting two Red Bulls yet again. Yeah, it was. uh, There's no Valtteri there, but that that was a tough one to swallow because he. If you think about the start of the race, Lewis got ahead while Max pushed him wide into turn one again. I mean, that's all about. He also had to fight against Sergio and Max. Like it's just, it's just really tough, man. Like I. I understand now why um, Red Bull is so big on changing a driver to have someone that Max could fight with, and it makes sense. A lot of times, it's easy to think like, "Oh yeah, they're like they're just teammates," but your teammate plays such an important part. So, anything else about Austin? Electric oh, atmosphere. He had a great race though. Like, great. although he didn't get the result, I think Lewis drove. That's really where well. you started to really now see like, okay, Lewis is here. Like, he is fighting. Um, we and you know, there's not. I don't want to talk too much about Mexico because we covered a lot, a lot of it with Checo. Mexico was a was, Mexico he was just got Red dominated. Bull. He got it dominated. dominated. Yeah, Red. The fact that Lewis was able to fight. I mean, that that in itself is is incredible because. Checo almost chased him down and beat him at the end. So yeah. So let's let's talk about the infamous th- Brazil. Brazil best race of the year if you're a Lewis oh fan. Oh my god! Best race of the year. Best or best, race. No, no, not best race. Best weekend of the year. He starts the sprint last. He well, he's supposed to start first. <laughs> yeah, but like that's the craziest part is you get the stupid DRS, the wing, whatever the rules are the rules. But hang on, before you even that. go there, how electric was his qualifying lap though? Oh, it was it was a Interlagos. Lewis Hamilton, Ayrton Senna, like, I don't know. The, it was just all coming 
everything aligned. It, it was it was it was like Senna was in Lewis's. It was, like, and he had the Senna inspired helmet, and that whole weekend was like Senna esque. It was Senna esque. It was man, we just came out of Mexico, like Lewis. This is it, and you know he's got the social posts, like still we rise, and it was so special. And then to have that that lap in in practice to then deal with the penalty going into the sprint race. And the sprint race is, what, 25 minutes? And I, he went I, from 20th to 10th in, like... No, 5th. Uh, Remember, it, he took the 5 penalty. That's right, that's yeah. right, that's right. He went from the end to 5th. It was unbelievable. He was passing cars. It just looked like everyone was in slow motion. Yeah, he, that, 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 the sprint, I think, was actually more impressive than the actual race. Yeah, I mean, he essentially went from... Last to first. And in, like, what, 20-ish laps. I think it was 25, because I think Interlagos is a shorter track. But it was, like, it was special to watch a sprint. What, what was your favorite moment? Was it qualifying sprint or the actual race? Like, I mean, the actual it? race, because every lap, as we got closer to the checkered flag, like, you just, the the crowd was lifting because Lewis was going to win. Bro, okay, that's fair. If you're talking more from a viewership, but in terms of, like, watching Lewis perform, where do you think he was at his best? The sprint. Yeah, I mean, even the actual race, man, th- he carved through people so fast. I mean, he was he carved through four cars in, in a whole race. I'm sorry. Uh, he carved through nine cars in a whole race. It's just the way he, he carved through 15 cars in 20 laps, bro. It and it special. wasn't even cool. It w- and it's like, if, if it, it felt like nobody could contest Lewis that weekend. Lewis was, that was some of the best. Lewis we've seen. I think a lot of people say that's Lewis's best performance. So race day, Max pushes him off the track. A lot of controversy. What did you get from rewatching when Max pushes him off the track? Like, what, what were your kind of your Just thoughts? Just remember that Bottas started that race in second. Yeah, Bottas is bad, bro. I already so know that. Bad. <laughs> but, but talk to me about, like, when you see Max push him off the, the track. I mean, at this point... It's a recurring theme. It, I wasn't surprised anymore. <laughs> but this is what Max had to do. This is how you had to beat Lewis. You needed Lewis to sleep for half the year, and you needed to hit him. Well, no, don't say it that way. Don't say it that way. He, he's doing what you do for world champion. You put your elbows out. Yeah, you put your elbows out. You put your elbows out. Um, he did. He, he, Was he, that the first we heard Lewis on the radio saying, like, this guy's just dangerous? Or is I don't that think monster? so. But I don't think so. There was a lot of times where Lewis was just like, this guy's just different, man. <laughs> and this is also like, we haven't even talked about it on this pod, but again, like, there was just so much inconsistency with how the FIA dealt we, with we, this. We, we, maybe we'll have a whole FIA episode, but I don't even want to talk about the FIA because it's just, we're going to talk about the FIA in the last race of the season. But of course. I think the thing we have to say about um, Brazil is, I remember I, I was, did we, we watch Brazil? No, we, I, t- I was texting you. I was saying Lewis need to, when the movie got pushed off, I'm like, Lewis needs to set it up for one more lap where he's trailing and then on DRS, pa- DRS pass. Oh my God. When he passed him though, it was incredible. I know. But remember we were talking about that specifically. I'm like, he shouldn't pass him on this lap. Yeah, he should he wait. Needs, he needs to wait for the DRS and just pass him on the straight. Set him up for one more lap where you're just behind when him. When he passed him, I thought that Max was going to take him out. <laughs> I thought Max, Max could have took him out if you really, uh, not on the straight, but. The other one, when he didn't set it up, I feel like what what the one thing I learned, and I've said this so many times, is that if Lewis has the fastest car, you have to take out Max on a straight. You have to keep getting close enough and then set it up where you can take him out on a straight. 
Man, but Brazil as a special, I'm gonna rewatch Brazil again. But as a racer, to. it's like if you see an opportunity, do you let it go? Like it's easy for us as fans to judge. I've I've said this on the pod. No, you when you're in that behind the wheel, like you you're not thinking about next lap. You're but, but, in the moment, and you're like, I'm taking it. But now. here's 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 where I'll I'll say it differs. It depends on what type of driver you are. Lewis is very intelligent, but he's very instinctual too. A guy like Alan Prost, which is known for being very technical and picking his spots, and Nico Rosberg, yeah, maybe they may do that. But like Lewis Hamilton doesn't. Lewis has got, you see, like Max has that crazy desire, aggressiveness. Like Lewis has that, and he has the smarts. Like, and the smarts have come through his career. And you think like what could be of Max in in ten years when Max is thirty four and And he's he's not doing the craziness <laughs> yeah he, he'll be he'll definitely be something to look out for in 10 years but so will uh george R- russell and lano norris so um tars the snooze fest Lewis he wins. just dominated i mean their car was just on they, they had this the engine and all of a sudden the hope of lewis winning is just mounting yeah you're you're like it's not over it's not over you're like we're still in it we had the saudi we had the Jeddah. let's first talk about Lewis, I, I really want to bring this up because this is a Lewis pod. I love how Lewis said, I am not comfortable racing here, but here, this is where my F1 is taking me. And he Lewis, wore the helmet. And that's where it's just like, he's the only black driver in the sport. He is consistent with his approach for advocacy. He doesn't change. He will pay the fines because he's not wearing the proper sponsored shirt because he's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. Like, he goes to a place in the world where... They do not respect the LGBTQ community. It's like, you gotta just... Lewis is on just a completely different level. So, um, I will ask you this quick question. When do you think we see another black driver on the grid? You know, the worst part about the answer is that I don't know. Like, I would give me a timeline. You think it's 10, 20, 30 years? Like, what, do you th- what would you guess? I hope it's not more than five years, but... I'm going to say it's going to take us another 15 years. That's what I like, think. That's why you need, like, Lewis will be doing everything that he does off the track to help. Because he's getting people of color yeah, initiative 44. into the sport. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're getting into the driving seat. They're getting into the factory. Yeah, they're I, getting into the paddock. But to find another young talent. I think because when Lewis started his dominant reign, let's say it's 2014. Young kids, it's probably about 10 years. Young kids seen that, his dominant reign over the last eight years. So I think there'll be young black drivers that want to be mean, like Lewis. Just think about it, right? Whether you're white, black, Chinese, it, like if you're a kid and you go to your parents like, mom, dad, I want to be a racer. Like, ain't like parents are going to be quick to be like, oh yeah, let's just throw you in racing. It's not like buying a pair of shoes and putting you on the soccer field. I also think that we have to look at it differently because we're North American. It's not a thing here. In yeah, Europe, but, I think racing is a lot but more But think apparent. about it. P- kids who might see a Lewis Hamilton, like it's it's a global sport. So I think it's yes, obviously, if you are in England, there's more of a presence. But really, this is a sport that is not accessible. It, it's not as it's not accessible. But he is doing Initiative Forty Four. I think that's what like, it's called. Obviously, hockey is expensive, and we think of that because we live in Canada and hockey equipment and all of the travel like that's expensive. Now factor in a machine and that you have and to that. purchase. Yeah, but I, I think that Lewis and Mercedes have initiatives to help kids with underprivileged communities are able to race and they'll give them opportunities. I will say this, though. I think the one thing that we're mistaken is that it, when we're in 
I've never once heard I'm going karting this weekend with my friends growing up. And you never heard that either. I mean, so I carted in Zimbabwe. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, once you move to North America, you never heard. Never. Exactly. You'll hear it in Europe. So I'm sure there, there'll there be little kids that are like, of So to just give you there. context, I was in um, competitive racing as a kid. I competitive competitively raced BMX bikes. Yeah. But that was because of like the Formula One influence. Like racing, maybe it wasn't go-karting, but it was... BMX yeah, but motorsport or like just wheel racing was a, is a thing. In, it's a thing in around Europe. the world outside of North America. Yeah, sorry, not in Europe, around the world, just not North America. So I, I will say that since you've been here and I've grown up in North America, there's no way I've ever heard for any of my friends, I'm going karting this weekend. Like, Man, I would love <laughs> to just go karting, go karting here. It's like, I don't even know where I to start. I love go-karting. Go-karting is amazing. I, I, I still do it. And then my, my uncle's like to me, well, why do you go-kart? You have a real car. It's not the same, bro. I like, can't what are you do asking that, that in a real car? <laughs> exactly. Um, the final race of this. Uh, sorry, we didn't even talk about Saudi. Bro, I don't even want to talk about your dad. Jadal was a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. FIA. Lewis wins. Okay, let's bring up the first start with FIA. And it's going to translate into Abu Dhabi. What it like, Lewis, Max backs up into Lewis. Um, the whole stops and starts. Like, wasn't Jadal all like it started when they came on for the one of the restarts and like, Christian, like, we're going to let you pick. It was like, what do you mean let him pick? Like, yeah. No, it's basically give up your spot or you yeah, get a penalty. They're like, or I'm going to hand it over to this. It's like, yo, Michael Massey, just tell him what the situation is. Now you're giving him the choice. And this is where I was like, whoa, what do you whoa. mean you're giving him the choice? See, I don't mind that because it's like, hey, you can either give up position, track position, or you can get a five-second penalty from the stewards. Which one would you like? Yeah. Like you, you, you either you either. But also the way that Massey communicated at first, the first time he communicated, Christian Horner oh. was under the impression that it was still um, Ocon, Ocon, Max, Max and, then and Lewis. Lewis. And I was like, "Come on, bro!" And then, of course, later in the race, the whole miscommunication. There should be one direct line to the same to the drivers at the same time. Or, or I don't think that'll ever happen because you got to have like so many channels. I think it's just literally got to be like. He's going to pass him at this lap at this turn. Yeah, clear instruction. Clear instruction. Not miscommunications. And this is where, really, there were lots of times throughout the year where the FIA, like, but you kind of just, it was enough where you're like, okay, I'm not going to pay too much attention to it. Now, building at Jeddah, going into Abu Dhabi, you're like, okay, this is just not right. Well, even walking into Abu Dhabi, Michael Massey was willing to take away points for dirty, for foul play. Yeah, he came out and so. He felt like he was trying to play a quote unquote God at, at, in this situation. Was, and, and I we, knew we were and, all happy that that was the case too. Yeah. Um, I will say that, and, and we stress this many times since the unfortunate events of December 12th. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Red Bull. This is purely FIA criticism. Max still deserved a championship. It, it, the FIA. Just throughout the year, FIA, gray areas, I get it. They're up for interpretation. But what happened in Abu Dhabi is just not up for interpretation. Oh, yeah. So we're going to put Jeddah behind. Yeah. And go to Abu Dhabi. So it's just not up for interpretation. That's just what it comes down the to. The hardest part is Lewis had this incredible stretch. No, no, no. We, it we was, started the pod on the first half. Hey, and then we way. look at... Put it this way, just a race. 
It was a Herculean effort by Lewis. He put out blistering lap times, competing with Max Verstappen on fresh tires on 35 lap tires. Yeah. 40 lap tires he was keeping up with Max's pace. Yeah, he... But he before we even got to that point, Lewis started the race in second. I and look at how his reaction time. It was like, yo, Lewis... Yeah, that was the fastest start. It, honestly, you're there up until... The what whatever five six laps four laps whatever laps were left you're like yo this is done Lewis has won the championship even during the safety lap we were all like this is done Max can't pass him he's got five cars or time's gonna run out and obviously that didn't so happen. so when you say it's not up for interpretation of course because this was completely fixed it was manipulated it wasn't Lewis fixed. said on the radio it was this manipulated feels manipulated so I don't want to say it was fixed to give Max a championship it was manipulated to give the best entertainment value right. But a, I with an unfair advantage. Yeah, but I'm saying it, it was all for entertainment value. What I will, I, I did want to really stress, and what I was saying earlier is Lewis had a hell of a race. He raced like a champion. He put everything on the line, and he did everything right. Circumstances just didn't go his way. Yeah. He, so, as much as Max deserved to be a world champion, so did Lewis this year. The way that Lewis closed the year, he made up an incredible case. And this is that's where you have to give kudos to Max because he needed the stars to he needed everything to, he had to come out in Bahrain aggressive on Lewis he had to go wheel to wheel he had to he did because if he didn't we would never have even got to race number 22 I agree um it sucks that Lewis didn't win I think he deserved the championship just as much as Max did I don't want to harp on it because we've had so many episodes about it um let's go into 2022 sorry uh, let's go into 2022. What are your predictions? Is Lewis your eighth, eighth time world champion? Lewis, let's also not forget the fact that Lewis has been racing for quite a while now. Um, we're going to have 23 races. It's been 30 years. It's, I think a, he's- it's a long time. Um, the race, the season itself now is an entire calendar year, pretty much February to December. I mean, it's exhausting. So Lewis understands Physically, mentally, the demand, he does not want to keep doing this. He wants to come in this year, locked in, get number eight, and just call it. But then why did he sign two years? Because he always has to have, he always has to have an insurance policy somewhere. You got to have. Why? I mean. You can sign a one-year deal and be like. Well. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, why, why, why would you, why would you care? I think it's just, I think it was just to have an insurance policy. I think, I think he returns. I think he finishes out his contract. Maybe, but so regardless, you, it's he comes into this year. It's going to take everything for him. At he'll be what 37. It's going to take a Hercules. Effort. He's been racing for almost. I think he started go karting when he's eight. So he's been racing for 30 years of his life. That's insane. So. It's going to be special. The fact that he won't have a Valtteri Bottas um, so, there to, you know, not push him. You got George. Okay, so let's talk about that. There's two different dynamics, right? Valtteri, ultimate teammate, can't fight with you because he's just not as good and and he's just not there to exist during the last half of the year. Then you have George Russell, and it's been well documented that George Russell's is a good team player in Williams, right? He's more. He said, "I'll sacrifice my race for." Uh, um, what's his name again? Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. I I didn't want. I'm we're killing the nickname King Latifi because he's obviously not a king. Um, I, hey, 
By the way, if any of our listeners are setting death threats towards Nicholas Latifi or anything malicious, stop it. It's just not. Needed. It's part of racing. He's human. He made a mistake, racing for 16th place. <laughs> but hey, man, he's Poor still guy. human. He's still someone's uh, son. He's still someone's brother. So leave him alone. But um, George Russell is this hot commodity in the F1 world that's supposed to be this supreme talent. What do you want? Do you want some of that fight that may step on Lewis's toes? Or do you want someone like Valtteri? Like, we, we, it's We're, a hard call. It's so hard to predict because there's been just different reports. Like, George, you got to be super careful. You don't want to go in there and step on. And then other sides, like, no, you got to go in there and push. So we only will know when the first race starts. And what do you think the dynamic looks like? I honestly think it's going to be an incredible dynamic. I think Mercedes is going to be extremely dominant. And, you know, I just said, uh, I'd said earlier that George was a lock for three. And now that I just said that signs could be my crazy pick for third, maybe it's a one, two Mercedes. I, I so I've been on waxing. It's a one, two Mercedes and we can talk about it with in Valtteri's episode as well. So we won't harp on it too much, but I will say this. I really do think that Mercedes learned from the Nico Hamilton, um, Nico Lewis drama. I would hope they have. It's been six years. They went through it for three years. Yeah, they and I mean, the, the craziest part about the Valtteri thing is that Toto knew Valtteri was not a, uh, a self-starter. And he kept kind of bringing him because they were winning, so it just made sense. But it's like, the problem with Valtteri is he's not a self-starter. Very true. He needs to be constantly told by oh, every Toto, single race. Well done, Valtteri. Push it a little bit no, more. No, every single race. Valtteri, go get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every and, single race. And I think with George, Toto's not going to have to tell George to go get him. I'm excited because I rewatched uh, Secure 2020 and George Russell showed him what he can he's do. He's got the instinct. He showed his instinct. And, that's, and he's a that's fighter. That's what we're going to see with George, right? We're going to see race wins. And we're, we're going to see, see stuff, some big mistakes, I think. And we're going to see, like, legit mistakes because of the maturity. Actually, let's just think this over. Are we going to see big mistakes from him? Because he's been racing for three years in F1. He's not no rookie. Yeah, but now he's going to have the car, the power, the everything. No, I hear that, but I'm and saying... he's going to make some mistakes Are we 100%. Are we seeing, like, rookie mistakes from him? Like, stupid mistakes? I understand. I we hope that we don't see him just lose the rears on a straight because... He's, you know, he's shown that he can do that in the past. Yeah, uh, but he made those mistakes in 2020, 2019, so, right? you know, I'm hoping that he doesn't make those kind of mistakes, but um, he definitely will have his hiccups. So I'm going to put this on wax. I'm only giving George half a year. I'm not giving him a full year. And you, do you know my reasoning, or would you like me to explain to you why? Okay, give me your reasoning. He's a Mercedes test driver. So he's already been... He's in the system. So I'm giving him half a year to get used to the team. I'm not giving him a full year. Okay. I'm high on George, and my whole thing is, I've said this to everybody multiple times, I think George is a great talent, but my whole thing is Valtteri's not it. I would rather take a gamble commodity on George than have complacent Valtteri. That was my whole stance the whole time. It's like, George showing what he can do in a Mercedes, he's showing his potential. What do you want? Someone that's stable, that you know what you're going to get, that's not good enough, or would you take a chance on somebody? But George has half a year with me. Because he's a test driver. He's already and he, been... And he, he he's, a, he's a junior Mercedes driver for the last four, four or five years. So I'm not giving him a full year. But I will give him half a year to the, get acclimated that's to the car. why, and we said on the last pod, like, the pressure's on Red Bull, man. The pressure is on Red Bull, but 
I, I think George is going to do well. And let's get back to Lewis, the, the dynamic. I think it's going to be a very mentorship dynamic. I don't think it's going to be like Alonzo Lewis. I think Lewis knows his time is up in a year or two. And he's like, he said it himself. I want to pass the torch to the young next Britain. Whether he meant like, hey, I wish it was Lando or George. Well, you got George. Yeah, so. He's got one of them. Yeah, we will see that. Overall, it was a tale of two halves. No, it was a tale of quarters. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's that five race stretch yeah, and there's yeah. Lewis's five yeah. race stretch, so, right? <laughs> you know, Lewis had, you know, he, he came up short, man. I guess that's the only way to put it. Yeah, so greatest season for me. I give Lewis a B minus. I give him a B plus. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but like his beginning half of C minus, his back of the year was A plus. So I'm giving him like a yeah. Uh, I give him like a B B plus. Maybe I'm, we just give him B. I give him a B. It's right just between the two. I, yeah, I give him between the two. Uh, and and I th- I think people will listen to our podcast and be like, we're so tough on Lewis, but it's like. I, I I think that you have to understand that when you're talking about the greatest of all time, we're not talking about just being great. Yeah, we're not comparing him to, to Ravage Driver. We're comparing we're really to Schumacher. Even, yeah, we're comparing That's him it. to Schumacher. That's we're comparing it. it's like the whole Kobe and Michael uh, sorry, the Michael and LeBron debate. Yeah, we're gonna pick small things because you guys are the greatest of all time. We're gonna nitpick at the small things because the everything else is so close, right? So just so you guys all know, it's not that we're not we're hating on Lewis. Kurt's the biggest Lewis fan. I'm a big Lewis fan. It's just He's so great. We held him to a different standard than we held any other driver. It is literally Max and Lewis held to a standard and everybody else is below them. That, that's just how we grade them. Exactly how it is. So overall, we got a month to winter testing. And what um, do you got to do in that month, though? What do you got to do to get ready for that month? You got to get yourself some gear, bro. We're headed to Fanabox.com. It'll be in our description, but it's Fanabox.com. Like we always preach, we have a lot of American listeners. We have a lot of Canadian listeners. Shout out to our global listeners. We don't forget about you either, but it is easy to ship from Fanabox. It is a flat $20 fee from Canada to America. It's not like buying from Europe. That's a whole different story. Customs, wait times, everything like that. But also, it's just really cool when I come into the office and I see our our boy Peter with some nice F1 gear. Yeah, his girl got him some F1 gear and I'm pretty sure it's from Fanabox. So shout out to them. Listen, that's, that's the coolest part about it is you know, we're spreading some F1 love, man. So if you haven't got some F1 gear, head over to Fanabox. They'll make sure they take care of you. Um, and get, whether it's just regular F1 gear or your favorite team. I'll lobby for papaya orange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think naturally there's a lot of papaya orange. But Is there a lot of McLaren fans? McLaren's a big brand, man. I think naturally you're going to see Mer- Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari. Like, those are the, the big four. And the other teams are a little different. I'm, like... I. I'm I'm a I'm not like a Ferrari diehard, but I do root Ferrari because you know the Schumacher days. But it's kind of weird being a McLaren fan and like okay, I hope Ferrari does well this year. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, um, any last thoughts on Lewis's year? No, we'll be back with our dedicated Valtteri episode. It'll be we'll a very s- interesting listen. We'll see you guys around uh, Eastern time Thursday, probably two or three. If you're in Europe, probably around six or seven on Thursday. That's when we'll probably drop. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Plug into Fanabox. We appreciate anybody's listen. Shout out to France. France has been listening to us quite heavily this this week. Yo, the French are showing love, man. The French are showing yo, love. I just want to, if we're on the French subject, I think they got some of the coolest trophies. It's a blue gorilla. And if you're still here, show love. Check out some of the stuff we're doing on YouTube. Just find Title League, follow and subscribe wherever it may be because it's a lot of great gear. 
uh, not a, there's a not a lot of great gear, but there's a lot of great content that's coming from this pod. And also, big thing is we we get back to our fans. So if you guys have any comments, you think we're wrong, hot takes, let us know. We'll get back to you. Done. Please and thank you. We'll see you guys in about two days, sir. Peace.